0: Hello everyone, this is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is March the 8th, 2019. Strong hand, long-term thinking, uncomfiscatable. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. One Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. All right, all you long-term thinkers. We got a show for you today. We don't know where Must Stop Murad is, but he should appear at any moment. You never know. But we got Udi in Israel, where I am. And we've got Boris. He's uh, where well, you're in the Netherlands now, right? Amsterdam, yep. Yes. Okay. So... Udi's been all over Twitter lately. You, all these these guys' Twitters are all linked to below, so find out find out more about them that way. We'll talk about you know specific things they're getting into in a second, but Udi is is known for uh, his uh, hilarious uh, Twitter comments, and uh, he's been talking a lot about uh, what a lot of people have been talking about this week uh, the, the the delete Coinbase uh, I guess theme on uh, Twitter. And uh, well, I mean, give us a broad overview of it. I I would say, why is it important and and what exactly was it and did it succeed in what you were trying to do?
1: Yeah, so I guess about two or three weeks ago, um, Coinbase announced the acquisition of uh, Neutrino, which is some sort of a blockchain uh, intelligence or analysis company similar to Chainalysis and other companies like that. and I guess this is a generally um, an acquisition of a company like that makes sense for Coinbase because they that's one of the things they have to do as a regulated exchange. Um, however, um, within like a week or so, a lot of people started to bring up uh, the history of the leadership and the executive team of Neutrino, which were involved in a hacking team, which is another Italian company um, that had a history of selling spyware to... Um, Governments and oppressive regimes uh, who were tracking uh, journalists and human rights activists and so on. And actually, um, the spyware made by Hacking Team helped to jail these people and perhaps worse than that. Um, so, yeah, so those are some, you know, morally questionable people with uh, morally questionable pasts. And I think that the thing that, uh, you know, um, really... Um, really made a lot of people uncomfortable was this issue of having them get access to financial data inside of Coinbase. So Coinbase, you know, kind of gave them the task to spy on their own users on their own customers. And it makes sense that Coinbase would want to uh, track their users. But you would not want to have these kind of people have access to this data, I believe. So I th- this was, you know, this was what bothered bothered me personally, and I think this is what bothered a lot of people. Um, so um, so this is what started the kind of delete Coinbase movement. Um, a lot of people were posting um, and tweeting um, screenshots of them closing their Coinbase accounts, um, which, by the way over time became difficult. It seemed like Coinbase might be making it difficult for people to close their accounts, um, perhaps because this movement started moving. Um, And eventually, Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, had this statement where he said that he reassessed um, some things based on this movement, and they decided to... um, The way he phrased that was he decided to... um, What was it? I think i i i forget the 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 word he didn't say that he's gonna fire the people who were from neutrino We said that they they were going to um i don't know there was some obscure terms i should look up where he said that they they wouldn't be part of the company anymore at some point um there so, was not,
0: there was yeah. not finality toward it it wasn't
1: like yeah, not finality and not clear schedule And, you know, it wasn't clear who exactly is being let go and are they going to have some business relationships when they're out of the company? Um, So it wasn't 100% clear, but it's a step forward. I mean, they did listen in a way. They did acknowledge that this was a mistake. So that's something. Um, But yeah, I think we would want to see more uh, clarity on that for sure.
0: Well, here's the thing. So you're you're saying they they were spying on their uh, on their users, but aren't all the exchanges doing this? And I, I and you'll say, well, these guys that they had working there were like the worst of the worst, I, I guess. Um, but for me, it was more of like a public awareness campaign that yeah. everyone should know that all of the exchanges are doing this. Right. And at the same time, you do under. I mean, you understand why Coinbase does. I mean. They've chosen this route. I mean, I guess let let the market decide is what I say. Um, uh, if, if people people want to be spied on, I mean people people don't care anymore.
1: Certain, I mean, a lot some people some people don't care.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, okay so is there is there a next step are you are you happy with this uh conclusion or i
1: mean you know i'm happy that people are more aware that's for sure i'm happy that people realize that this is happening um i think that there's now a good time to discuss what this kind of um uh you know kind of tracking means you know practically for people and there are some practical meaning here um you know People don't think about, let's say you are a large trader, right? Let's say you were a meaningful, significant trader who does a lot of trades and a lot of hold, right? Um, Companies like this can gather data from a lot of exchanges um, and use that to try to figure out your trading strategy, for example, um, to try to front run you and make trades before you get to them because they have information on what you're doing on other exchanges too. So they can actually beat your strategy. So if you're a trader at Coinbase, this might cost you money. Maybe you don't care about your privacy at all, but this might actual cost actually cost you money because insiders can see your data and beat you uh, at your own game. So, you know, these things are valuable. They have value. So yeah. I all right. Now now now, now that is it. a
0: very that's a very instant, that's a very interesting point. I hadn't heard that before. And I think some of the impulsive traders that might make them a lot less uh, Impulsive, but okay, so they there was also something that came out in all this that they had been selling users' information before, so that's why they got this new uh spy company. Uh, right. that that was also disturbing,
1: uh, yeah, but, to say the least, yeah.
0: But but that's the thing, who, who I'm sure other exchanges are using that previous, we don't know who they were using beforehand, and people have come up with theories. Um, but 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 again, the uh it it seems like uh, it's the Wild West out there. I, I would assume if you're dealing with a lot any many exchanges that they're selling your information. That just that's just the way it
1: is. Um, um, yeah. I would assume that too. Um they would probably say that they're not. Um but you know, there's a difference between they, they would say probably they don't sell like your, your full name to someone else, and maybe that's true. But in the grand stream of things, it doesn't matter. You know, your full name is not the, the, the thing that matters. What matters is the connections they can make between your transactions to an entity. And whether or not they, they attach a name to that entity or not, just knowing that this is one entity is very valuable, you know, because this is financial data. This is very valuable. And someone else can attach a name to that entity. It doesn't matter. It's not, this is not the difficult part. So yeah, uh,
0: yeah. I, I would say that I'll say this also. And here in Israel, and this is I'm going to tie it in a little bit. Uh, people, a few people have asked me for cheaper. They, there's not a cheap way they say to buy coin, uh coin to buy Bitcoin here. And in in America, there's only so many onboarding options. Also, um, so this this is this is another issue. We, it Bitcoin becomes uh, mainstream popular again. People start hearing about it. They're going to be people that want to uh, to get into it. And the easiest all the easiest options for people is, is, is are places like this. and I, I know it presents a conundrum of, of, of sorts <laughs> Um and, and again, the so if you know if, if people came up with a cheaper if people are tired of pay, paying high uh, fees for some of these exchanges. well, if some exchanges came up with lower fees and made it more accessible uh, then more people would get on, but at the same time, they would probably make it more spy worthy also so uh, I don't know I, it was just it's just something I was thinking about there that uh, that there's a there's a lot of different directions uh that this can all go in and, and and i think I think we're still gonna have a lot of people giving up uh information for convenience and for uh for cheapness for for just to save uh to save on on some fees so i don't I don't know Woody, if you have anything to say about that.
1: I mean, actually, in my experience in Israel, in the last few months, the Bitcoin market price is actually lower than it is um, in most of the world. So, if you actually if you hold some Bitcoin and you want to get rid of them, you probably get a worse price here than you would price than you would get in in many other places. I think this has a lot to do um, with the way the banking system works here and the difficulty um, of uh, getting. Um, uh, fiat money into Israel from other countries, but <coughs> you know, um, so you know, it makes arbitrage opportunities more difficult than in other places. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, in any country, in any place, if you're going to use a regulated exchange, then you're going to be tracked, and people should be aware of that and make their own decision. Um, but there are other ways to to get Bitcoin. You know, this isn't the only way, and. You know, some people would say that it's easier to get to get Bitcoin with cash. You know, each one has their own uh, preferences, um, but it's not the only way, that's for sure.
0: All right, Boris, we've said so much here. Your turn. Your turn to chime in on this situation.
2: Yeah, and that, I mean,
0: privacy and whatnot. Please.
2: I, f- I think there's a couple of issues um to start. I mean, f- to start, I think most people who use Coinbase use it to purchase the first Bitcoin or maybe. Do their first purchase, or basically, they're just using the ecosystem for the first time. And when you're doing that, you're never thinking about the consequences on a long term. So uh, you might spend, uh, I don't know, a hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin and just try it out, only to find out that in a couple of years, that hundred dollars has become worth a lot of money. And I know someone in the Netherlands here who had that uh, um, basically that problem. He bought um, uh, a lot of Bitcoin way back in the day didn't spend more than a few hundred dollars but it was a significant i mean a thousand plus bitcoin and when the bcash fork came he split and sent it to um uh, to coinbase and basically uh, sold it and got his bitcoin back and at that moment he he basically he doxxed himself uh it turns out that the dutch uh irs office uh is one of the Purchasers of this information from Coinbase. So they asked him very specific questions about where the Bitcoin Cash came from, where the uh, Bitcoin went to. Uh, um, basically, uh, the chain analysis uh, 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 leading, starting from his just that one uh, uh, Coinbase uh, transaction, doxed his complete assets. It was incredible. And he never thought about it because he wasn't active in the Bitcoin community he didn't really he never really realized what privacy means and that's a problem with privacy you 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 tend to underestimate the value of it until it's too late and then there's no way back and that's the thing with coinbase I mean they've got 25 million users who and all of them were doxxed all their information was sold to Whomever. I mean, you, you, there's no way to uh, uh, to tell who it was sold to, but just imagine who it could be sold to. And this is a big problem, I think, for everybody who ever used, um, used a service like Coinbase. Um, and on the other hand, I think the real problem with this, I mean, everybody uh, should figure out what this means for themselves, but the big problem is that these very large companies are so incredibly tone deaf to the to the uh, vo- to basically to the criticism from the community and i see this in video games a lot too like uh, companies like ea and activision and they 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 basically they publish these games that are broken the community goes buck wild over these broken games and they they completely ignore all the criticism they don't even react to it And this is something that's really interesting because I think there was somewhere on Twitter, I saw a response from uh, some lady who's a a PR executive, uh, maybe working with Coinbase. And she said, for a big company like Coinbase, it's really important to, uh, once something like this happens, some PR disaster like this, you have to start communicating with the community because otherwise you lose um, uh, grip on the on the discussion. You lose you lose the topic, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, just the uh, fact that you have something like a hashtag delete Coinbase, this is deadly for uh, in PR terms for companies like this, and. In that respect, I find—I mean, it's a, maybe it's a little bit of an American culture. I think companies in Europe tend to be more communicative when it comes to these sorts of problems, uh, but in America, it, it seems like all these the PR departments of these kind of companies that just freeze up; they just have no idea what they should do. They—they uh, they don't see anything uh, out of fear of saying something wrong that makes a problem worse. And yeah, in this this Coinbase, uh, I, actually, I think this. Coinbase will exist for a long time, but this is the end of Coinbase because people will wake up to the fact that there's probably better alternatives and there are now better alternatives. And if you look at uh, uh, Europe and especially the Netherlands, I mean, we've had way better alternatives for getting Bitcoin uh, than uh, uh, the options that you have in the US. So I think most Americans start to find out that there's that there's different alternatives that are better and probably more privacy privacy friendly but i'm not sure about it but i can imagine that there's better options
0: well it, it goes back i don't know if this is the end of coinbase i think the ease of use um and just the newbies needing to be onboarded easily it, it will prop it will prop them up I, I i don't i i think this will be a bump in the road that will be people have uh they don't have long memories especially people who aren't in the space yet they, they uh udi do you think this is the end of coinbase or
1: no, no, I don't think it's the end of Coinbase. Um, I, I, I also wouldn't want it wouldn't want it to be right. What I w- I would prefer to see is going go to see Coinbase get better at this, and to respect their customers and their customers' privacy more. Um, and you know, unlike some, you know, a lot of people say about Facebook that it doesn't matter what face what you know what uh, Facebook leaders will say. Facebook cannot respect privacy of their users because that's not the way they're built. And I'm, I, I'm not sure that this, this kind of thing is true for Coinbase as well, because Coinbase, you know, it's a company that serves customers who buy cryptocurrencies and they make money off that. So I do think that there is an opportunity for a change there when Coinbase realizes that if they treat their customers well, they might stay and they might be able to grow their business. And, and it might be beneficial to everyone involved that they do these things um, in, a, in a way that's better for the customers as well. So that's what I, w- I, I would like to see, you know? I don't want to see Coinbase disappear. Um, but also, you know, there are a lot of other companies now, you know, you have um, uh, Square Cash in the States is doing very interesting things for allowing uh, people to very easily buy Bitcoins um, with, you know, a nice interface and so on. So Coinbase is not the only one doing that. Um, I, I hear Americans saying good things about Gemini too. Um, so that's in the state side and all around the world, there are new exchanges popping up. So I think that we'll keep seeing more and more alternatives. So no, I don't think Coinbase will disappear, but I think that, you know, their early advantage of having a nice user interface, you know, people will catch up to that. Other businesses will catch up to that and become better at that. So, um, so yeah, we, we we already have alternatives, and I think we will have better alternatives with time. And we also have alternatives for people who are very cautious about privacy, you know, very privacy aware, um, like BISC, like Huddle Huddle, um, and so on. So you know, you have like you have a few local Bitcoin competitors too that are, that um, have um, less strict uh, KYC restrictions. So yeah, um, there are a lot of options now.
0: Yeah, I do recommend uh, people who do mess around in altcoins and whatnot, uh, and, and that is uh, risky and it's gambling. To, to try out Bisc, let this be a time where you're like, let me try something different. Learn learn the, learn the Bisc skill. It's uh, it is an inch. I have uh, opened it up and, and checked it out. It's it's very intriguing, um, and it, I think it could be. I think it could be big. I mean, it's <laughs> it's definitely in the early stages. I mean, there's not a lot of volume on Bisc there's not it's not for newbies that's and coinbase is so (laughs) okay uh well let's i I want to talk more about since we're talking about privacy uh this came up on my show yesterday i sent you guys the article about the uh canadian tax authority sending certain canadians uh, that they know have cryptocurrency uh, a questionnaire very invasive questionnaire uh asking them all about their public addresses and uh have they used shape shift um it,
2: it was disturbing
0: uh, uh, B- boris thoughts on that
2: yeah it's exactly that it's really disturbing and it's it, it doesn't surprise me um we all know that these governments or at least the the, the irs the, the 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 tax officers they they really need this information um what I find strange is that they don't just buy it. I mean, there's companies who are offering this information like chain analysis or uh, Coinbase that we just discussed. Um, it's weird that they don't just buy it and they ask people for it. And um, the interesting uh, part is, is what is the information that they're missing? So I can imagine that they have all this 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 information about addresses and, and amounts of Bitcoin, but I can imagine that uh, I once read an article about uh, an Israeli company that does a lot of chain analysis. They're really good at it, and they um, they get most of the information from the metadata. So it's not just the the uh, exchanges. It's, it's your social media. It's it's basically uh, all your official accounts. They're all getting. Pasted it together and with that they they kind of find out uh, hey Murat is here <laughs> yeah no keep going keep going awesome. well so i guess th- these um they need this information and and i uh, the more information you have the more um uh, uh, uh conclusions you can get from that so basically i think they are asking for metadata so if you if you give up your uh, uh, some address that you once used, you will probably dox most of the addresses that you will use unless you take extreme measures to sort of circumvent that and most people won't do that. Um, yeah so that's uh, I think this is this is mostly about like getting information and starting up their uh, investigation in how they should deal with cryptocurrencies and i think most most tax officers are are struggling right now because there's just not a lot of uh, knowledge around there all right. I want everybody to pound that
0: like button because Murad is in the house. We'll get to him in a second. Um, remember everyone's linked to below Udi, you were nodding your head during a lot of that. Uh, what, what, information do the Canadian tax authorities not have, or do they just, uh, instead of buying it, they're just going to scare people into giving it for them to them for free. I think maybe that's the reason.
1: Um, yeah. So, so first of all, I agree that it's not a surprise. Um, you know, that they want this information. And to me, well, I mean, actually, I wasn't surprised by any of this, but um, I think for a lot of people, what was very surprising is how knowledgeable they are. You know, if you go through the questions, uh, you see that they know what they're talking about. You know, they know what questions to ask. They know what to expect and they know the terms they know what they mean they know you know what people are likely to be doing so i think that a lot of people um felt for years that they're kind of under the radar and no one's going to figure out how any of this works but you know it seems that the authorities in the last uh, two or three years um they have a very good understanding of, of how this uh, this world uh, functions so i think this may be surprised some people um as as to what kind of information they have and what kind of information they're asking for, um, well, I, I, a lot of time tax authorities what they do is they you know they, they already know the answer, but they're going to ask you anyway because maybe you'll spill out more than they already know and also it's a, it's a nice way to um, maybe uh, cause other people to um to come forward as well so you know it doesn't mean that they don't have the information they just you know they want to hear you say it in a way um um, so yeah uh it's not a surprise it's not a surprise at all and it's true that you know whatever kind of information you're going to give away it was unless you're extremely careful it's probably gonna uh de-anonymize everything that you do um but you know I, i think that. A, it's to be expected. B, I think that uh, many people, a lot of us, are law-abiding uh, citizens, and we're, you know, we're ready for this moment, and 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 everything is fine. If tax authorities want information, then they probably a lot of people were aware that they're gonna hand out this information at some point. So, you know, that's um, probably something that some people were uh, prepared for. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, this is a time where a lot of people will realize that early decisions that were made maybe even years ago um, where privacy wasn't taken too seriously are suddenly affecting um, their futures. And um, and also, you know, me personally, I'm not that concerned about tax authorities. Um, Again, I think that a lot of us saw this coming and were prepared for that. But this also means that a lot of other people have access to your financial activities not just the tax authorities so the tax authorities can buy information anyone else can buy that information too if they have enough money to pay and that's what i'm more concerned about i'm concerned about uh how you know anyone can learn about your financial activity not just uh, the authorities so yeah that's that's what i'm more concerned about
0: it's very interesting that they had shapeshift actually listed on there and uh (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they 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 clearly have hired someone, at least oh, one yeah. person who's been in the cryptocurrency space. There's
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you know, they've been doing those things for many many years. It's not they don't maybe they didn't understand cryptocurrency specifically, but they understand um, communities, they understand businesses, they understand those things. They know they need to to get people who know something and 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 you know. Um, as a contractor or whatever, and learn about the, the businesses in this world. And it's not the first time they're doing it. I don't think that we should be surprised that this is happening.
0: All right, uh, Murad, can you hear us? He's he's still having some uh, technical issues over there. That's uh, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 work through that, Murad. I guess you can't hear us right now. All right, okay. so we'll go do that to Adam. Oh yeah, Boris, please take it.
2: A- yeah, th- th- what what's interesting is the the way they phrased it. I mean, if you read this this questionnaire, it feels like you're you're like it's they're 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 accusing you of something, and that's the th- that's the problem I have. I mean, if I open a newspaper, I see an an article about drug dealers using Bitcoin for money laundering. You know, it's the usual blah blah, and it feels like they they sort of copy this narrative and use it uh, towards people who who need to pay their taxes and i have a problem with that and in the netherlands they they go a step further if you use uh uh, services like Tumblr's or something like that that's an official indication for money laundering so um if you use something like that you really need to know what you're doing and the reality is that people will use something like that maybe in a wasabi wallet or just add some extra privacy. They don't they have no idea what they're doing. And it's being judged by some someone at a tax office as being something that's related to money laundering which shouldn't be the case and then if you compare this to other assets let's say you have some gold at home or some silver um are they going to ask you where you got it what you did with it do you keep it in your basement or in a a safe or in a vault or do you keep it at the bank Uh, i mean it's nobody's business really and because cryptocurrency is so new and bitcoin is so new they don't realize that it's basically none of their business if you do your tax um uh, if you do your taxes, you're just going to state what you have, what you earned, uh, your property tax, whatever, in whatever country you live. You don't need to specify if it's Bitcoin or if it's some other coin or or, or if it's gold or whatever it is that you have. You just declare your value in, uh, in Canadian dollars or in euros, in, in Europe, whatever. That's it. That's That should be enough. And apparently, it's not really clear if that's enough. And that makes everybody a little bit uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable.
0: Well, it, it there there's going to be a, you know, legally in, in Canada. I'm not familiar with the legal with the law, but how much can they really? How, is 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 this an overstep? Did they ask too much? Are there some privacy issues involved? Uh, in America, I don't think this would pass. I think the ACLU would get involved. I, uh, I, who knows? Um, I, I hope it doesn't come to this in America. I mean, uh, I I think uh, for 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 I mean, I wouldn't like to get a questionnaire like that with twelve pages with fifty eight. It and you you know that was a great point that you made. It seems like it was written by the people who write those FUD articles. Yeah. It had it, it had that same tone to it. It had that same t- like you're a drug dealer. To, yeah. You know, to tell tell us why you're laundering money, basically it was saying. All right, uh Murad, can you hear us? All right. Do you have thoughts on this? Yes, on the Canadian privacy issue, on the Coinbase privacy issue, where we're getting into Uh, Also, in France, they said there was a a French official that said they want to make anonymous coins illegal. We got a lot of privacy stuff going on.
3: I've been expecting this for a while. Um, I've been saying that they're going to start demanding your business. They're normalizing the destruction of cash. They're going to start normalizing negative interest rates being over and more and more and um it's just going to be in their total interest to turn the existing uh, sort of a complete surveillance panopticon so to speak um so um it depends we can essentially as a community build these technologies and put them into uh, enough people uh, I do expect governments to be increasingly more competitive, uh, increasingly more sort of aggressive about this stuff. Yeah.
0: Are you? I, it, it, your main points came through there. It's still a little. Uh, it, it's it's definitely choppy on your end. So you might want to uh, get rid of the video. Like you can just do only sound. That might work. I, I don't know. Uh, the, yeah, the connection's a little. Uh, oh, yeah, there, there we go. We'll, we'll, we'll try. We'll get another question your way in a second. All right. So let us move on. We're talking about big corporate. Well, we're talking about Coinbase, which isn't the biggest of corporations. But one one story that's actually from last week, and I just wanted to bring it up this week so you, you guys could uh, chime in is this uh, Facebook coming up with their own uh, coin? Uh, positive or negative? I I think in, for right now they want to do a stable coin. Okay, um, I think it's a way to get more people. Well, I think more people will find out about cryptocurrency this way. I think that's good. I also think they'll eventually change their mind. And it won't be a stable coin and it'll just be their own way to print their own money and to become as like powerful as a nation. So Uri, did you have thoughts on Facebook coin and the pro or con?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I think we discussed this the last time I was on, but a lot, have a lot of happened since then. Yeah. Um, so, So, yeah, you know, we keep hearing about this Facebook coin again and again. Um, And Facebook is also talking a lot about privacy recently um, and how they're trying to uh, maybe become a company that respects privacy a little more. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, the the Facebook coin is all about, you know, the rumors we hear about the Facebook coin are all about uh, very putting uh coins uh for ver- multiple currencies in some kind of a basket that you that will be pegged to some cryptocurrency and the question i have about that is as usual why is it like a token why is it the blockchain why isn't it just um a venmo or paypal competitor where you can you know you have a database and you send the the, the balance to your friends what does the blockchain add because it's pretty obvious that you will have to do every KYC requirement imaginable and so on. And they will obviously keep the, the permission to confiscate your funds. And I'm not saying that this isn't useful. I'm sure it can be useful for some people. I'm just not sure what the blockchain part is all about. It seems like, I suspect that it's mostly about uh, buzz and hype. And that's why they're using this word. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure why we care it, about that.
0: It, it could be a way just to get around uh, to make it seem like they're not printing their own money. I, I, make I, it seem,
1: <laughs> to make it seem that's the, <laughs> I mean, how long can you, you know, you can't lie to all of the people all of the time, right? How long is this, who's going to work? Um, and also they're not, you know, they're not printing anything anyway. They're holding the, again, what the rumors say is that they're going to hold coins in uh, in, in custody and give you tokens for it so that's you know that's, that's just paypal yeah that's that is step 1
0: definitely i i'm just thinking maybe they get that off the ground they have their little stable coin which is i mean basically just paypal but then they'll take it to the next level i mean uh they which the
1: should- and create the their own new world currency
0: yeah. You know, why not? I, they aim high over there. That's why yeah. I bring it, you know, that breaker magazine did a story on this this week. That's why I'm bringing it up again. I mean, again, it's been in the new, you know, at first I didn't take it very seriously because it was just rumors. And now it's, uh, the rumors are getting a lot, a lot more uh, substantial and right. uh, it, it, it definitely seems they've been talking to people and that, that, you know, one day we're going to wake up and they're going to say they have something. And, uh, I'm just, I'm trying to get myself ready to say, you know, I'm, I'm trying to look on the bright side and, and I think it'll get p- people in the cryptocurrency. I think I think the smart people who don't know about Bitcoin right now will play around with the Facebook coin and then be like, well, wait, let me get the real thing. That, that's that's Bitcoin. So uh, but Boris, what, what, do you have any thoughts on this pro or con or?
2: Yeah, I, I mean the same questions that uh, Udi has. Um, what I find really interesting is, um, uh, I mean they've, they've probably been looking to China. You know, WeChat has a uh, has a payment option, and it's got nothing to do with cryptocurrency. But basically, it's become a standard in uh, uh, in in China and also a little bit outside of China. And Facebook. Obviously wants to do something like that, and there's probably some 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 challenges with regulations in the U.S. and this cryptocurrency thing might sort of navigate them around that. That could be. On the other hand. Um I mean, people are going to spend uh, the the most, uh, the, the the least, the, the money with the least worth at first. So that means that people are going to buy coffee with the Facebook coin, um, and they'll do their savings in Bitcoin. Just like uh, Venezuela is teaching the people about Bitcoin by enforcing the Petro, um, same thing is going to happen with this. Yeah excellent it <laughs> to the petron
0: <laughs> i like that pound pound that like but all right i want i want to give everybody an update on murad he's got a real bad uh uh he's not in the usa right now he's in a place with a bad bad internet connection to say the least so he unfortunately he won't be joining us again, right back on this show but we'll have him on uh, another day well let, let's get into uh well I had some questions for him, but we'll we'll talk about Boris's poll here. And it's linked to below everybody, a poll that he sent out on Twitter. What value aspect of Bitcoin do you find most important? Technical, speculative, monetary, or political? And now, right, right now, monetary is winning. And I, I would think that's the case. And speculative kind of Bleeds into monetary. I I know the difference, but some people might get confused. But what, what's up with that poll? And what do you what, what's your answer to it?
2: Uh, well, I started this because I, I I mean I do a couple of podcasts and I talk to a lot of people about Bitcoin. And what I've noticed is that some people love it for the for the technical side of it. And uh, uh, when you challenge uh, certain views, they, they use price as an uh, argument for or against their uh, uh, or basically to to to, um, to establish their argument. And I feel that you have to sort of like take all these uh, separate subjects uh, apart from each other. And what's interesting is that, I mean, I don't believe that Bitcoin has political value yet. But I've, I believe that everybody who voted for political uh, for a political value aspect of Bitcoin believes that that's something that we might be going to. I mean, I can imagine that when countries start to add Bitcoin to their national reserves, Bitcoin will absolutely have political uh, a political value aspect. And I think it's important that people start to understand that there's different uh, aspects of Bitcoin that you cannot uh, really compare to each other. I mean, the the whole Bitcoin maximalism. Uh, discussion basically revolves around what your context is of viewing Bitcoin I mean I would proudly call myself a maximalist but that's because I like the economic side of it I mean um, I'm basically I've got front row seats for the revolution that's that's why I like Bitcoin and the technical aspect of it and and let alone the speculative assets I, I really don't care too much about um, I placed this poll and it was sort of a um, uh, something to add on the uh, interview that Peter McCormack did on the What Bitcoin Did podcast with Andreas Antonopoulos. And Andreas said what most uh, Ethereum maximalists don't get, that the moment their token uh, gains uh, any form of uh, monetary value, it loses its utility. And I find that fascinating. And most people don't realize that if you uh, work with a utility token or if you uh, it's sort of, I mean, people mix it together because it hasn't really proven itself. And if you look at the whole altcoin scene, this problem is everywhere. People build utility tokens, give it a monetary value and think it'll be okay. It won't be okay. (laughs) It's, I mean, one of these value uh, um, uh, aspects is going to be dominant over the other ones. And um, you can even uh, imagine that once uh, Bitcoin gets uh, uh, 100% political value, everybody believes that, it will lose its monetary value because nobody will be using it. People will be just huddling it until, I mean, for a couple of generations because it's so valuable. Um, so I find it interesting to look from these different uh, perspectives at Bitcoin. And I was just thinking, what what do people think of that? And uh, I was uh, uh, really surprised to see that 53% uh, of everybody who filled in the poll, it's uh, uh, it's on 1,146 votes right now. Still six hours left. Uh, over a thousand people said. Uh, 53% of them said, "Yeah, monetary value is most important," and I agree. And I find it fascinating that people see that Uh, people really uh, um, uh, are capable of judging bitcoin for all that it is because you need to understand every different value aspect to understand bitcoin this is also a challenge it will take a couple of years Uh, i'm sure it it took us a couple of years to learn all these different aspects and um, if you're starting bitcoin i think this is interesting because you probably start out thinking about tech, maybe speculative value and not thinking about the monetary value that comes later. And uh, yeah, that's why that's I hope to make that a little bit of give that a visual visual with uh, this poll. Udi, thoughts on that. What what value
0: aspect of Bitcoin do you find most important?
1: Um, I agree that it's the monetary value. I mean, um, I look at Bitcoin mostly as a digital asset that is unique. Um, because it's, you know, it, it behaves like a lot of other physical assets, um, like gold, but it's digital. And it's unique in that it manages to simulate uh, those qualities and maybe even be better at them. Um, and I do think that the technical value is interesting, but only in so far as it manages to, to sustain Bitcoin as this sort of digital asset with a monetary policy that is unique. Um, So the technicalities of Bitcoin are only interesting if you want to convince yourself that its uh, monetary um, uh, properties are robust and are actually working as you expect. You know, because just having those typed in some PDF file doesn't make it so. You need to understand how it works to convince yourself that it really works. But that's the only reason why the technicalities matter. Um, And similarly, you know, the more political and the more community side of things is also important because it also plays a part in making this asset what it is but again they're only interesting insofar as they help you understand why the asset functions what's really important is the digital asset bitcoin itself and its monetary policy and its monetary properties um yeah i i definitely agree that this is the most important thing about all this
0: All right, we're we're all we're and the majority said the same thing. Pound that like button. Well, I want to talk about a a technical aspect of of Bitcoin right now. The Lightning Network. Well, since I'm when I was at the Tel Aviv Bitcoin Embassy on Sunday, everybody was talking about how uh, the Lightning Torch was being uh, passed from uh, someone associated with Iran who had gotten it from Iran, uh, and it was being sent to the Tel Aviv Bitcoin Embassy, and it, it, it successfully. It went through, and it was. Uh, people learned about the Lightning Torch. People learned about the Lightning Network. Uh, Udi, any insight? Uh, I thought it was a good gimmick. I thought it was a good p- way to get people involved with uh, aware of the Lightning Network. Um, <laughs> what about that? And, and also,
3: te-
0: uh, 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 tell us some other Lightning news if you've got it.
1: <laughs> yeah um so you know the lightning torch i think it's a it's this sort of a very very fun game um and a very fun way for the community to interact um and it's also a fun way for people to learn about lightning for the first time which is great Uh, a lot of people installed and tried Lightning for the first time through that um even people who didn't end up getting the torch the so-called torch um, they still went through a lot of the the steps you know they downloaded a the wallet, they opened some channels, they learned what an invoice is, they tweeted it, so they learn about a lot of the moving parts um and now they understand lightning better than before, so that's great. um We also need to remember though I think that it's not very similar to what real world use is gonna look like, right um people aren't going to. Uh, get a payment, then send it to someone else who will just send it to someone else and so on uh, and tweet about it. This is not, you know, and, and people are not going to pay each other just so that they can say that they use Lightning. We're hopeful that they're going to pay each other because they want to do any some real actual economic activity, right? They really want to buy something. Um, so the way that people will actually use Lightning is going to be significantly de- different than how this played out. And I wouldn't call this real world use in any way. Um, and I think it also brought up, um, you know, things like custodial wallets and things like that, that a lot of people use that personally, you know, I think they're nice, they're nice to look at, but you know, they're not, they're not why we're doing all this. Um, I would say that for most people, if you're gonna use a custodial wallet, then you lose your privacy you lose your uh, security. You lose uh, your sovereignty. Serenity, um, it's no longer trust minimized. You're trusting this company, so you kind of lose all all everything, right? The only thing that you get is that you can say you can claim that you made lightning transaction, but you lose all of the benefits. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't. I'm not. I don't know if custodial wallets are. Um, good way to recommend people to use uh, lightning and i definitely try to recommend people to use um, you know the real wallets where they hold the funds themselves um so that's something that i hope that people will try and also you know buy real things um at the bitcoin embassy you can you know you can buy beers and you can buy snacks with lightning Um, when we did the bitcoin party a few months ago you could pay for a uh, I don't know hats and t-shirts and so on with uh with lightning um so this is something that I hope people will try more um as for what's going on in the more technical side then you know some things that are interesting one of them I don't know if people might have heard the word the word uh, wumbo wumbo thrown around uh, people sometimes use that that's w u m b o um it's a word from uh SpongeBob the TV show but Lightning developers adopted it to mean uh, uh, Lightning channels that are uh, that don't have a size limit, right? So most Lightning channels today have a size limit of, I believe, it's a point one six Bitcoin, so uh, sixteen million satoshis, um, but. Uh, Going forward, people will be able to open limitless channels, so this will enable, you know, larger payments and so on. So this is something that's coming along. Um, There's some work on enabling uh, payments to, uh, you know, to a person who publishes a public key instead of paying for an invoice. So if you you tried Lightning in the past, you know that you have to, if you want to accept funds, you have to first generate an invoice, which is a random string and it looks like a Bitcoin address just longer and you give it to someone someone, and then they pay the invoice and you have to create an invoice for every payment you want to receive. So there's some uh, user experience work uh, on removing that step for people who don't want it. Um, Although I think it's very useful, but if you don't want it, then you'll be able to just pay someone directly um and you know really there's a lot going on in, in uh, lightning there's now um a clear mobile for android uh which is one of the lightning wallets is going to release uh support for receiving funds soon up until now you could only send funds so they have a wallet coming up that can receive funds too which will make things much easier for people um yeah, people you know things keep happening it's hard to even keep up so yeah there's all a lot right interesting stuff
0: Boris, real-world use cases for Lightning. Thoughts on that? Uh, you, you, you always have ideas about Lightning.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I'm a game journalist. I started out as a game journalist uh, 20 years ago, and I think video games taught gamers about Bitcoin before Bitcoin even existed. Uh, but this Lightning uh, demonstration, I think it's a demonstration by the community to show the world what Lightning can do. And uh, in the, it started out small, and then we got Jack Dorsey on board, and people were sending transactions from airplanes midair. Uh, stuff like that was super cool. Um, and even the transaction that you just mentioned from uh, uh, to Iran, which is a, I mean, there, there's a boycott going on from uh, fr- fr- by the US, which is not, it's not a small thing. Um, so this is really interesting. When I was on your show three months ago, uh, I mentioned that uh, tipping.me just started. And uh, it it really launched a day before that. And nobody really, everybody's like, yeah, okay, not a tipping service or whatever. Nobody really caught on to it. If we, if we fast forward to today, three months later, there's 14,000 people who are actually using it. And I think if you use it, you're most likely to, you know, are close to or have already installed a Lightning node uh, and are probably uh, um, figuring out how Lightning works. And it's fascinating. I love it. I love the way it works. And, um, um, I mean, there's a whole thing uh, in video games. And I think this is where the, um, I don't know if you know um, uh, the, the technology director from um, uh, from Google. Uh, uh, what's his name? He, he's from a Singularity uh, project. Uh, oh, man, I, fo- I forgot his name. Um, he, he once said that uh, uh, g- video games are the harbinger of everything. And uh, I think what we're seeing right now is that there is this, uh, race to um, get crypto into video games and there's a lot of altcoins altcoins who are specializing in sort of like building tools for game developers to to use this and the thing with the bitcoin community is that it's it's not so organized so people who love video games or are building video games might be able to build some tools and i think there's some tools are have already been built um but i think we're on the I mean, if we if we talk three months from now, we'll see some really interesting examples. Uh, I mean, we have Koala Studio, but they're basically the only ones that are really talking about using lightning in video games. And this is something that's that's it's going to take off in the next year. It's going to be incredible. Um, but it's it's still uh, in the face that game developers need to understand every aspect of Bitcoin, not just some tool that they can use in their um, uh, in, their, in, their, in the engine that they use, uh, we need to take it one step further. And I think, I mean, the people I talk to, the universities that I uh, talk to, they're all getting interested. They're all understanding that this is the next uh, step that they have to take. I mean, we, and to be honest, I mean, they're talking about crypto, but it's only going to be lightning. That's the only interesting way to implement real monetary transactions in video games. This is going to be huge.
0: Yeah, I, 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 again, I like the combo of video games and crypto, and uh, it, it will, if, if, if Bitcoin can be incorporated through the Lightning Network into uh, video games, into some like must-play video game, it'll be huge. It it, it will be huge, and it'll happen. We we just have to be patient. We have to be patient here. Now, I, I do, I do like seeing uh, people working on the Lightning Network, but I want to, I want to tie this into the beginning of the show again. Uh, we were talking about privacy and this is something I forgot to bring up. I really hope some of the developers are, are, are working on some privacy solutions. I think this connect Canada situation should really, uh, boost that, uh, to the top. You know, we've had scaling issues before we, uh, I I think, uh, I think privacy is the big thing that, uh, that, uh, the, 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 the developer type of people out there should be uh, thinking of how to, uh how to make it so that uh, Canada doesn't even want to ask you, uh, well, not, not (laughs) make it impossible for Canada to know really what you have. Uh, I I hope, uh, a a solution like that can happen. And, and again, maybe it'll, it'll be developed in in an altcoin like Monero or Zcash. I I don't know, but, uh, yeah, that's, I, I, I just thought of that now at the, at the end of the show. Anyway, let's, uh, Let's tie it up here is there any uh, anything else that has to be uh, discussed any any story you want to bring up Udi anything that was left out any privacy type of thing you want to comment
1: on Ethereum hard fork,
0: anything, anything that happened. There were, there were things. <laughs>
1: um, well, as far as privacy is related, then um, I think that Lightning should make things better. You know, because uh, if people use Lightning more for making payments, then um, you don't submit your transactions on chain, so not everyone sees them. You know, your counterparty knows about your transactions, but not everyone knows about them. So that's much better for your privacy um not only um where you know authorities are related but just you know where everyone you're working with is related you don't want your boss to know uh what you're using your salary on and you don't want your uh, um you know you don't want your whoever it is you're paying rent on your house you don't want them to know what your salary is you don't want your coworkers to know what your salary is there's a lot of things that you would want to to keep private um so yeah lightning should help with that a lot um and you know the things coming to bitcoin that should improve that um for on-chain as well so um you know once Schnorr is in um then with time a lot of transactions will be able to look the same um you know multi-sig transactions lightning transactions um various kind of scripts they could all all look like the same kind of transaction which would make analysis uh more difficult um, so yeah, and of course, Wasabi Wallet is a great way to try to delink, um, coins from their past, um, which is also useful. So yeah, you know, there are a lot of advancements recently about privacy and I think people should take time to learn about those.
0: All right. You've got, a. are you going to do that podcast regularly now? You just, uh, debuted a new podcast the other day.
1: Yeah. So me and, uh, Lawrence Nahum from, uh, Green Address, we started a new podcast. It's called Reckless Review and you can find it on recklessreview.horse. And what we do is we speak about, um, you know, we try to make uh, the technicalities of Bitcoin more approachable. Um, we really, you know, grind down into the technical details, um, but we try to make it in a way that people can understand what we're talking about. And we also like laughing about everything in this space because the space is hilarious. Let's, you know, let's face it. Um, taxes or not, everything here is uh, hilarious. So, yeah.
0: that That is an awesome, breaking down the technical stuff so everyone can understand it. I think that's a... Uh, stri- that you're striving for that. I-, I wish you much success. And it's uh, Udi is linked to uh, below. His Twitter is linked to below. So he's retweeted about the podcast and everything on there. All right, Boris, I'll let you have the final words. Any subject matters, any stories you want to share? Uh, final thoughts?
2: Yeah, if you talk about privacy, people think that it's just one thing. Privacy isn't even a technical issue. You know, privacy has many faces. It means something different for everyone. And uh, that's one of the things I took away from your podcast. You always say that. I mean, personal responsibility is the new counterculture. You have to think as a user about what it is that you want to keep private. The rest, share it with the world. But if you think about that, you'll find the means uh, for it. And Bitcoin is already there. The means are there to be private, to transact anonymously. It's everything is there just people don't know how to find it and the real problem is that they find out uh, way l- years later that they should have thought about privacy before that so uh, if if people are watching and are figuring out what privacy is just take your own responsibility and try to think ahead that's that's the most important thing v- very good
0: advice there I like I like ending it with a personal responsibility as a new counterculture. Uh comment there. Okay, dudes, thank you very much for being on the show. Pound that like button, everyone. I hope you all enjoyed it. We do this show every Friday. I will be back in the USA next week. So it'll be at a USA-friendly time, and the West Coast guests are going to finally be able to return to the show because they're all asleep now in L.A. I mean, there's, we haven't had like an L.A. guest or a San Francisco guest since the entire time I've been in, uh, I've been in Israel, but I will be back. I will be in Los Angeles uh, next week, so it, it'll be different. But, of course, everyone in England and Israel and Europe will be asleep by the time we get – it's a Bitcoin world, people. I love it. I love, I had a blast here in Israel. It's not over yet, but I'm going to leave soon. But So thank you. Uh, go to the Tel Aviv Bitcoin Embassy. You can see Udi there quite often on Sundays. I run into him all the time there. It's it's, it's And he saw me actually running on the streets of Tel Aviv also. So, uh, <laughs> I've, 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 definitely, I've definitely become part of the community here, definitely. But they're very friendly here. All right, dudes. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister Disrupt Meister. Bang that bell button to get a reminder when we go live. Well, maybe if they want to send you a reminder, you know, YouTube. Pound that like button. DisruptMeister.com. Follow me on TechBalt T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T on Twitter. Shabbat Shalom. I will see you guys tomorrow on our regularly scheduled show. Bye-bye. See ya.